Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good morning, video games. Welcome to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Daslow and with me as always... It's ben Vanell here. Very excited this week, boys. We've got two companies that are pushing the medium of video games into the future. Two innovative ideas that could shape the way we play games to come. And we're also talking about Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> Fantastic stuff. My name's Adam Knox. I don't endorse that that misdirect, <laughs> <laughs> that mislead. Oh wow! Um, yeah, no. It, you, when it you is do right. jokes, Knox, when you do jokes, you only do the the pullback. You never do the reveal. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm Mister. I'm I'm like how you know when people write mystery novels, they say they start at the end and then they work backwards. I do that with a joke. But then I cut off the end as though I didn't have a punchline originally. <laughs> Makes everyone think right. I didn't have the punchline ready to go in my head. But I right. did right. the whole time, actually. I just left it <laughs> off deliberately. We uh, People may have seen that, uh, well, most people will have seen that uh, Brisbane got named as the host city for the Olympics in 2032. And uh, I'm sure that there could well be new Olympic events in that time. You know, it's, it's over 10 years away, so potentially longest uh, joke misdirect could be an <laughs> Olympic sport by then. And Ben, get into training, brother, because you're going to be representing Australia. Well, the longest run-up. It is it is going to be a new event, the longest run-up. <laughs> I think that's called uh, a marathon. I think they already have never the heard longest of it. run. Never heard of it. <clears throat> uh, we should plug quickly a couple of things up the top if you want to support the show. Uh, on Patreon, you are very welcome to do so. You can get a bonus episode every week. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet on this episode, but we are back in uh, lockdown. We're doing this over mm. Zoom. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get on and support the show uh, while the uh, live performance industry has once again been decimated in this company in this country, we would yep. very much appreciate it. So uh, do that. And it won't. It won't be for the last time either. We're going to be back in another one of these even if this one ends on Tuesday like it's meant to. So, For the people in the States who are at like 50%, 60% vaccination rate, we're at like, what, 10% something? Less? Uh, I think it's like 32 among uh, people over the allowed age to get it, which is currently 40 years old, to get the Pfizer yeah. one. It's, it's yeah. so complicated and confusing. We don't have enough vaccines, but we do have enough internet connections to continue recording podcasts over zoom just yep. with the fucking NBN yep. the way it is we've just got enough bandwidth so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. be our, fine uh, our prime minister as of today when we're recording this just came out and said sorry for the bungled vaccine rollout so uh yeah. Fingers crossed yeah. we get an apology for the NBN sometime soon. <laughs> that's got to be uh that's got to be okay. coming up the rear. So it is definitely 
and <laughs> it's definitely a trait of Australian prime ministers that they don't refuse to say sorry for years and years and years. So we'll be, yeah, we'll get that. <laughs> yep. Um, so I, uh, I told here. you guys this. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys this uh, offline the other day, but I had the first dose of my vaccine. Mm. And uh, it made my arm really sore for the for the following day. And we'll get to this when we talk about this game later in the episode. But um, I uh, had a go of the button controls of Skyward Sword HD on the Switch, partly for the purposes of the review, and but mostly because my arm hurt so much from the vaccine that I found it almost impossible to swing the Joy-Con around. Fuck. So <laughs> I had to switch over to the buttons. So um, yeah, if you're if you're lining up to get the jab. Um, Factor, factor that in. Factor in any yeah. motion control gaming you might want to do the following day. <laughs> Jack off beforehand. Yes. <laughs> that's that's um, genuinely what I'm of, hearing out of that. <laughs> speaking yeah. of jacking off, our bonus podcast is us just jacking off in a circle, talking about shit that we like. Yep. Um, this week, I know that you might be on board for this, Tommy. I want to watch that Sexy Beasts dating show on Netflix where mm. everyone's wearing a fucking... Uh, dolphin mask. I think that looks ridiculous. So I'm yep. gonna probably do go in on that for this week. But we've done a bunch of stuff recently. Some Marvel movies. Um, the late like that Soderbergh movie, No Sudden Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, what's that sketch show? I think you should leave heaps yep. of stuff. Just you know the stuff that we're interested in that isn't video games. Um, and we also do other stuff about video games that isn't the pod. We do some YouTube videos. Yeah, we just put one up yesterday, uh, yeah, to time with uh, us talking about Skyward Sword on this episode. We thought we'd go and uh, revisit another uh, largely, hugely criticised Zelda entry, the Philips CDI uh, versions that were farmed out to another company. So we played about, uh, we've got a video of us playing, what, 30 minutes worth of the game? But in actual time that we spent recording the video, it was like two and a half hours. So yeah. (laughs) Huge technical the, issues getting it to work. The Release video the Snyder I cut down cut to like of the of the Wand of Gamelon <laughs> video. Yeah, you can hear me rummaging around my cupboard looking for my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's a, it's I cut it down to forty five minutes, but even that ten minutes is us on a menu screen. But it's very fun. Um, like you said, Tommy, very like these Zelda games were heavily criticised. I think Famitsu only gave them a nine out of ten, which is you know the lowest thing they've ever gave given to a Nintendo <laughs> yes, yes. you know product. But um, yeah, really really fun. And uh, yeah, I think you said it on the video, Nox. Always wanted to see what those those games were like. I've just never actually played them, so I was playing it, uh, the Wand of Gamelon. It's um, I think yeah, really interesting. So go and check that yeah. out on YouTube.com/slash/FilthyCasuals. Can I just quickly say as well that I'm going to be in a spiral for the rest of this video because I think the nerdiest sentence I've ever said is release the Snyder Cut of the Wand of Gamelon YouTube video. <laughs> I'm really unhappy about having... <laughs> uh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of strange little Nintendo curiosities, I don't know if you guys saw this story. I think this just happened today. Someone mm. bought on at auction uh, like an in, an internal Nintendo Company Report CD-ROM that had like twenty five oh. seconds of footage from Earthbound sixty four on it, which was oh. cancelled. And uh, obviously, that series of games has a huge fan base. There's a Game Boy Advance version that's never been translated and released in the West. And so the people that are into that series are really, really, really into it. And there's very little footage that exists of that cancelled mm. uh, game. So someone bought 
yeah, an old promotional internal CD-ROM for I think three hundred and fifty dollars, just so that they could rip the twenty-five seconds audioless Earthbound sixty-four footage that's on there and uh, put it onto YouTube. And from what I can gather, the fan community around that game are losing their collective marbles over this <laughs> grainy, contextless footage. But uh, yeah. it looks like it would have been pretty cool. It looks like it was trying to do a lot of um, pretty pretty intense kind of scale and scope kind of stuff, which I think is why it got canned because it was just too ambitious to pull off on that hardware. But, um, mm. yeah, uh, 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 I love the... I love. I kind of love the story of someone just sinking a, a a pretty obscene amount of money into this artifact purely for the purposes of wanting to make sure that this footage is viewable by the community of people that are interested in that game. That's cool. That's like the Zapruder yeah. film of Earthbound fans, though. That's like the thing they wanted to <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. get the real info on it. I thought you were going to say because there were like more of those Nintendo leaks, more th- stuff out of like that big data leak that that happened like more than a year ago i remember there was Mm -hmm. like concept art of yoshi's island and whatever i can't really remember the specific things that came out of that whoever is behind those put out more of that this week um Ah. with some like pokemon diamond and pearl beta stuff and some pokemon that weren't in it in the end and things like that so i thought it might have come from that I hope it does just come in the next one and this guy's dropped $350 on <laughs> what'll become publicly available. Speaking of Nintendo eBay shit too, actually, did you see that Super Mario 64 copy that yes. sold for like one and a half million dollars? Yeah. yeah. It was more than that, was it? was like, I think it was two and a half. It was like it was like one point six five, I think. Fucking hell. Yeah. And nobody knows why, apparently. Like, it's not worth that much. Copies of Mario 64 are, like, almost one-to-one with Nintendo 64s. There's nothing special about this one, so it's got to be, like, money laundering or some shit, right? Oh, oh wow, you reckon? Okay, okay. That's what okay. I think. All right. <laughs> well, do you guys want to plug your Sopranos podcast while we're here? That's, that's a pretty oh, yeah. neat... <laughs> <laughs> that's a great call. <laughs> yeah, Maybe you that's can get why on that I'm Patreon for $1.65 million. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's why I'm associating everything that happens with crime then is because we are doing a, a Sopranos podcast called Gabba Ghoul. Me and Ben are going through and watching the yes. whole series and doing an episode about each episode. It's good. It's very fun. Uh, we had a lot of filth come over and email us and say nice things and... Um, yeah, we got featured on Apple the other day, so we've got a bunch of randoms too, which is awesome. Love to build the audience, love to get more people into our shit. And I'm love, like really loving watching this show again. People, friends of ours have sort of sent me messages. I think um, Maggie, our friend Maggie, messaged me to be like, I just finished watching the whole show and I was like tearing up because I had no more Sopranos to watch, yeah. <laughs> which, is, um, <laughs> which is beautiful. But um, people are saying like, oh, the first season's like that, the slow one. It really picks up from season two. And I'm loving watching season one again. So yeah, yeah. super fun. It's great. Well, you said that uh, we're getting randoms in. Something else that was so random this week is that Valve <laughs> announced they were. this was so random of them. Yes. This was like random for them to <laughs> announce. But out of nowhere... Uh, pretty soon after our episode went up last week, Nintendo style, uh, mm. it's called the Steam Deck. I'm sure that most people listening to this have seen the news of it. Uh, it is a yep. handheld PC, basically, and it runs like a custom yeah. Steam OS that's based on Linux, and you can play all of your Steam games on it 
or you know the majority of them they they run on there mm. on pretty good hardware and you can also just install windows to it if you want it's like a powerful handheld pc yeah, you, yeah, so they were very clear to to be like this is this is what we imagine it will be for. Like the the thing that will be appealing to most people is being able to play your Steam library on the go, but you can fuck with it and do basically whatever you want in it. And you can then also plug it into a uh, a, a monitor and plug keyboards and stuff into yeah. it and and yeah, basically do whatever you want with it. Um, yeah, so this, uh, this, you know, the timing of it being, you know, two weeks or so after that Switch OLED announcement that left a lot of people, ourselves included, pretty, pretty cold, yep. pretty disappointed. Um, this has come. I saw a lot of headlines going like, "Oh, okay, Valve are just releasing the Switch Pro. They've just decided to go ahead and do that themselves." Mm. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? It's fucking I- awesome. It's it's really cool. Uh, it's yeah. not a new thing. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, there's there's been things like this made by you know sort of off brand companies who have made things. There's one called like the Win GPD, something like that, and some others that are this same thing, a small form factor computer that is uh, has handheld controls attached to it. But that idea mixed with what you would assume to be the level of production quality that Valve will ensure this thing has is like mm-hmm. the fucking dream and not priced too crazily, pretty good specs in it. Uh, like it's, it's, it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. The Win GP, or what is it? The Win GPD? Win GDP, GPD? One the combination the of those GP- letters. The Wingy PD is what I call the British police force. They love a fucking winch. <laughs> but <laughs> jokes aside, guys, jokes aside. Please. They were, they already were, weren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is fucking an awesome, uh, an awesome revelation. And it is, it feels purposefully timed as a, not a Switch killer. It's not going to kill the Nintendo Switch. It ha- like That has a ridiculously high install base, hugely dominant in Japan, and, yeah, managed to, to sort of um, to, to nail the Western audience as well. But this is for everyone who owns a desktop PC and wants to play stuff on the bus or in bed right. or, like, those other use cases for, this, for the Switch, like... It's more powerful. It has a slightly bigger screen. It's not an OLED screen, but it's still good. Um, I did see someone on YouTube claiming like, oh, the fact that it's not a bigger screen is actually good because a handheld, you know, you want a small detailed screen, which I think is fair. Mm. Yeah. Um, Also, battery life would be fucked if it was a giant, high quality, um, super high resolution resolution screen. It wouldn't last for long. With the type of equipment that they're putting in here, I don't know what any of it means, but from what it's some Ryzen shit, uh, some AMD stuff, and some video graphics mm-hmm. cards, and so on. Whenever you get into the like <laughs> the mobile versions of these, I start getting a little confused by them. But the right. sort of hardware that it is will run stuff at the resolution that this screen has, which is something a little weird. It's like twelve hundred by eight hundred or something like that. It's like a sixteen by ten yes. resolution. It, yeah, sixteen by ten, which is odd. Yeah. I guess it's it'll leave black bars for a lot of games, right? Because sixteen by nine is widescreen. So yeah, a lot of a lot of PC games you can configure already to run in a sixteen by ten thing though that's the benefit of it being pc games is okay. that they'll be scalable yep. and they'll be so a lot of the more modern ones at least will come with pre-configured here's what we think are the best 
settings for you to have on this particular device. And it seems like it'll pretty much run modern day stuff to about the equivalent of like what an Xbox Series S does with a lower yeah. resolution. Yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, they in a lot of the press stuff they've been showing off it playing control, which is probably for mm. the moment one of the kind of better, um, uh, you know, showcases for what this thing can do. The one bit of criticism I read was sort of talking about the battery life, and I think they've said that playing something that's you know on the higher end graphically on it, you'll get something around two hours of battery life. But at the end of the day. You remember when the Switch launched and they talked about how playing Breath of the Wild you'd get like three hours of battery out of it and people talked about that like it was the kiss of death. But then mm. once it came out, like you didn't really hear anything more about it. It's like if, you, if you're going on a long flight, you're buying a, you're buying a high-end um, portable power pack. Uh, yeah. power pack for it. So, I mean, that sort of stuff really doesn't matter. And if a lot of your Steam library is indies that aren't pushing it that hard, then you'll get probably great battery life. But something like this, if you do want to be playing on the go, you are making peace with the fact that you're buying a portable battery anyway. Like you're not, right. you know, you're not like, oh, my whole, the whole, I spent 500 bucks on this and now I can never fucking use, it's like you're just spending the extra 100 to get, you know, to get the battery totally. anyway. So. And you mentioned the indie games, Tommy. Like the Switch has been great for, for people who are probably um, already sort of tied into that Nintendo ecosystem and have gone and have, and have been able to finally be like, oh, Here's a bunch of cool indie games that I haven't played before because I don't have a PC. Yeah, they're all pretty expensive on the Switch. Um, that's the other th- huge thing for me um, with the Steam Deck is that Steam's marketplace, Steam's pricing, Steam's sales are the best of any platform, any console, any game distributor at the moment, yep. and have been for you know a decade plus. Like. I will go to Steam to get something if it's on multiple platforms because it's probably going to be cheaper. And if not, I think there is a higher percentage of games on Steam that go on crazy sales than any other platform as well. So Mm. you can get, yeah, this great huge library of indie games on a portable console now that is more powerful than uh, a PS4 uh, or a PS4 Pro. Um, I don't know exactly how much this actual you know unit costs in australia but you make a lot of money back in terms of sales so totally yeah yeah, i mean very appealing with with what you're saying the with the indies if given the choice i generally will go to the switch because of that portability factor so now having that in the mix it's like yeah it does become very competitive i saw people like someone said to me like oh do you regret you know you've just bought this expensive pc and now this is coming out it's like i still would want that that's you said this before but i think that's who this is most tailored for i i I think the the person who'd be most excited is someone who has this library already attached to their steam has a desktop that they get a lot of use out of and they want this as the extra option for yeah picking up and carrying on when they go on the bus or on a flight or whatever. Like I saw someone, Mm -hmm. I saw a few people saying, why would you get, who, why would you bother getting this? Why wouldn't you just get a PC? It's like, so that you can take it portably. (laughs) Like what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And some games like with the Switch, they just, uh, it it suits being played in a handheld mode. It just is the case with some games that that is a more enjoyable way to to do them. I really liked Hollow Knight in that way, for example. But, right. um, Yep. The other thing with it, like, yes, you get to carry all of your library between this thing and a PC and then you'll have it for years and years. And when you upgrade PCs and when you upgrade this thing to the Steam Deck 2 one day or whatever. And then you've also got all of the other online stores. They've said they'll 
support Epic Game Store and like Xbox Game Pass. And you can just install fucking yeah. Windows on it. So any of them will do it. And then because you can install Windows and just Linux and all of those things, you also have, if you want to go down that path, a really fucking good emulation machine that will, yeah. with the specs that are in it, play everything that came out basically before the Wii, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, or yeah. before, may, maybe from the GameCube down. Like, yeah, it's, right. that aspect of it is uh, very appealing to me. A crazy person. That's a really good point. Yeah. Really good point, Mr. Crazy, Mr. Infinity Games Machine. <laughs> Especially yeah, Game Pass. The other yeah. best value proposition in gaming, Game Pass, yeah, you can just install it on you've this thing a, as well. Yeah, you've this got has a handheld Xbox. Yeah. This this for the other thing is like if you're a PC gamer, you're not you don't have and this is rare, I know, but some people with a console will take it when they travel internationally. Or if they're moving overseas or if they're moving house or whatever. Packing your Xbox into your suitcase because you're going on a work trip for a month, that's possible. You can't do it with a PC, but there will be a Steam Deck dock and that will probably, I assume, be like the Switch dock. You know, I took the Switch overseas while we are doing the podcast to play, I think, Mario Odyssey. Just pack the dock in your suitcase too and you can play your PC games in a hotel room. Yeah, Well, and if you don't want to be a a Steam Deck dock dick, then you can just use any (laughs) USB-C hub. And then you can duck the Steam Deck dock cost. So if you get to with the Steam Deck dock duck that price, then hey, you you can you can DAC valve right where their wallet is because they're trying to Another, make uh, you pay more. So cool to have so cool to have Doctor Seuss on the show this week. <laughs> Another uh, Doc, Deck 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 Seuss Steam Deck Seuss Deck Seuss. Can I just say as <laughs> yes. well quickly? Um, it could like last week Nintendo announced the OLED Switch which is a poor value proposition compared to the Steam Deck, which, by the way, we should say, I think is th- like $399 at its cheapest one and goes up to $649. That's in US dollars. Will probably be more than the, just the exchange rate of that in Australia. It's available for pre-order in the US and maybe some other areas, but not in Australia yet. But then also... So we're this thinking... Week, um, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Well, also this week, because like Nintendo did the OLED Switch this week, and with the Steam Deck as an emulation machine, it makes this announcement that Nintendo <laughs> said on their Twitter earlier today that they'll be putting new games on the uh, the, uh, the yes. Super <laughs> NES online. <laughs> Some of the greatest thing. games of all time. What, what wanna... are those games again, Nox? Oh, well, you got Bomboozle, you got Claymates, <laughs> and you got Jelly Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's our nicknames from now on. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw some people saying again, like just weird comments of people seeming to kind of like miss who this is for. People going like, you know, well, it's still it's it's kind of still useless for playing games like uh, you know, like your your Command and Conquers or your games that really rely on a mouse and keyboard. It does have two little trackpad things on mm, it to sort yeah. of try and get get around that in some way, but Which, it's sort of like, well, what what can you do? Like you can't, you you know, you can't please, you can't have it. There's just no way of getting around that. I mean, you can plug a keyboard into it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Those those trackpads when they were on the Steam controller when they had like an earlier version of that. Apparently, it was good. I never used a Steam yep. controller, but apparently, yeah, it worked well with yes. a controller mouse. And then yeah, you can just have a Bluetooth mouse attached to it if you want like yeah so if I you think are the, the 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 cheapest version of this 
will probably be what four hundred fifty dollars Australian. The sixty. I would imagine one. more. Uh, like I think stuff like on Steam I think and like five's the, the index. When the index came out over here, it was a lot more expensive than just the exchange rate would have suggested. So right. I think you're looking at like a thousand dollars for that top one with the five hundred and twelve gigabytes of like faster memory. Yeah, and then working down to probably about. Six ish hundred more than a Series S, probably, unless they can really force it through. But if you are looking to get a new thing and you haven't bought a new console yet, this is like mm. probably the best possible one because it's like it's a, it, it's a mid range gaming PC that has all the benefits of every console other than Sony and Nintendo exclusives. That's what you're missing out on. Exactly. Yeah. And the, yep. the lowest range one does have expandable memory. You can slot in a micro SD card, the biggest one of those available that you can get, you know, get a two gig one or something. Mm. You can, this is like a, a modular console. You can add stuff to it. You can get a mouse for it. You can get a keyboard. You can expand the storage. And you say, Nox, if you haven't got one of the new consoles yet, well, that's most people. Yeah. <laughs> like, no yeah. one's got a fucking PS5. Some people are getting the Xboxes, but at this point, if you pay 600 bucks for the Steam Deck, you can play everything on Game Pass anyway. So why yeah, would you exactly. get an Xbox? You get yeah. a Series S as well as a PC. It's, it's yeah. fucking insane. It's a really, really cool thing that, like we say, hasn't... And you can't like upgrade the video card and the CPU and anything like that like you could in a desktop PC. Right. But that's you know to be expected in a, in a small form factor thing. Everything would be you know stuck to the board. But uh, but like it's it's really really fucking cool. I think we've made that clear that we all think that. I'm yeah. excited for them to. The come only uh, the only thing I don't really like about it is I don't really like how it looks. I think aesthetically it looks like yes. It looks like an Atari Lynx from back in the day. It's a bit, mm. uh, I don't know. I'm sure it's all like, what, like I saw a thing saying that the, the placement of the thumbsticks looked weird, but this was a person who had then actually held it and played it and was like, oh, no, it actually feels great in, in, in practice. But it just looks a little, the, the design of it looks a little like, I don't know, kind of prototype sort of mock-up mm-hmm. to me, a little bulky and... um. Yeah. yeah, you're kind of you're stuck with what you're trying to make, right? Because you have to fit so much fucking yeah. stuff in there, and it's got like little uh, the the sort of paddle buttons on the back. It's got heaps of shit in there. It needs to be cooled. It needs to fit a big enough battery in there. I yeah, yeah, yeah. would imagine that Valve, with their billions of dollars, has engineered this just about as well as a company could. The their hardware in the past, even though not all of it has been successful, does seem to have been. Uh, well made so mm. uh, you know it's it i agree with you that it doesn't look the best and it's a little um practical looking you know what i mean like it doesn't have yeah much but i mean totally but who cares like that's you know once you once you're playing i mean i'm keen to get one probably i don't know if i would pre-order right now because for me it it sort of needs to be once we're back to like regularly being able to fly again and, you know, mm-hmm. be be in the middle of playing something for this pod and going away for a weekend and not having that need to be interrupted is, yeah, is so appealing um, until until we're like regularly back to, you know, going away and that being a big part of my job. I probably, having just bought the PC, if it was like right now, if I was able to pre-order, I probably would hold off. But also... 
I bet if that was the case, I, I, you know, we're in lockdown and it's, it's, it's fun to click the purchase button on something <laughs> for something to do. So I probably would Man. have. I'm full of shit. I probably would have pre-ordered by now. And honestly, when it does come out, I think I want to. I'm gonna edit the podcast on it. Like I want to. <laughs> I want to see how. It goes because it's got a touchscreen on there, so you can bring up that like Windows oh, uh, keyboard on it. You'll be out. This is a fucking computer yep. that is in a as good of a form factor that a PC has ever been in. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, I will. Yeah, nuts. I think with with the aesthetics, uh, you would have been noticing this, Tommy, more and more as you uh, browse the um, catalogs of PC gaming accessories. The aesthetic of PC gaming is nowhere near as polished. Or as as um, focused on perhaps as console gaming consoles yep. are meant to be displayed in the living room. Yep. A lot of design thought goes into them, and I think just maybe the culture of PC gaming is it's if it's big, if it's got bloody like spikes and ridges and a glowing logo <laughs> and red, green, blue fucking lights attached, then that's cool. It looks like a car from Tokyo Drift. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I mean, yep. you're trying to that shit on it, but aesthetic. when you put it that way, it does actually sound great. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it is a matter of taste. And oh, for sure. The best thing about the Steam Deck is that it is um, uh, inconspicuously designed. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, plain. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's like, yeah, it's not bad to look at in the way that it's like, you know, disgusting or anything. It's just like, it's, <laughs> no. you're right. It's just missing that bit of like rounded kind of. Yeah, it's just a black. Like it, literally, it does look like the Atari Lynx, which was kind of just yeah. like the same thing. It was just like a block that had the buttons just kind of chucked on it without having like sure. the smoothed edges and the kind of like n- you know nice color design to it or whatever. But also, yeah, who cares? It's just a black box where once you're looking at that nice screen and playing control on it, like who gives a fuck? Totally. totally. And I mean, the fact that it is coming out in like the US first is annoying in some ways because like it'd be cool to be you know in the. Uh, you get to justify by doing this podcast things like the Steam Deck by being like, well, right. I have to get yeah. it early because I need to review it for the podcast. No, really? No, where yes. are you going? Please stay. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you you can, uh, but the 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 kind of good thing about it coming out over there first is we will get to see how it actually pans out. Like it's exciting in concept, but seeing it be used by real people uh, before we end up being even able to get one is kind of a good thing over here. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, so there's no indication of when we're going to be getting it yet, early, is there? Early 2022, I think they've said, is like a vague thing for, I don't know if that's a release or for when we'll be able to like pre-order another batch or whatever. Right. But with the way right. that the right. you know computer part production is globally, I think that they're being... It yeah. is, yeah. It's very funny to be like the very, like, you know, generous take that you can have about the... um the Switch Pro rumors ending up being the Switch OLED model is like, oh, you know, they just probably figured it was too hard with the chip shortage. So they've like backed away from that and then just done what they can. And then two weeks later, it's like, fuck you. Here's a <laughs> here's a pocket PC. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd have to be having pretty big fucking Limp Bizkit cargo pant pockets to be able to fit this thing in a pocket. But well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the best brand for my balls? A classic line. Yep. Yeah. Uh, snow white, white, white as driven snowballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So snow That's white. That's what the, mine would. You snow know. white and the seven balls. 
Oh, yeah. man, you need a couple of boxes of Manscaped stuff. you got seven of them. Yeah. So, yeah, Manscaped. Appointment. Manscaped is the answer to that question I, I asked, by the way. That's the breast, best brand for my balls. Oh, right, mm. right. Um, what's, the breast brand, what's the breast brand for your balls, which is what you were about to say? Maybe... Um, Bonds? I thought <laughs> yeah. Bonds too, yeah. but... They'd be up there. Victoria's Secret. Oh, yeah, there we go. Very sexy stuff. <laughs> Bras and things. Manscaped have, of course, sent us a bunch of products in the past. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. This isn't just some, uh, you know, we're not just here taking the money <laughs> and giving zero no. fucks about the product. But no. to it be is clear... something that we all love and use and endorse. Mm. But we're also not just talking about it because we happened upon it. We yeah. are getting paid. Yeah, no, we are. I mean, yeah. hey, you can have it both ways. <laughs> and we're trying to with yeah. Manscaped. <laughs> yeah, no, they're good. They're, they're like, they're very, very high quality uh, pieces of um, merchandise. Yeah, and we've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners who've gone in yeah. and uh, used the code uh, who, who've all said that they've had a good time with the product as well. Well, code? Yeah. Well, what kind of a code do you get if you're looking for trimmers and such? Uh, filthy. Oh, yeah. What do you get for that? <laughs> uh, I was just making sure I knew what this specific copy was about. It's about the performance package, which is the ear and nose trimmer. Right, yes. which, which is great. I, surprise, surprise, use that more than the ball trimmer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great. Uh, I think the first time we talked about it, we were like, oh, you, you're always a bit nervous about putting a electric razor up your nose. Yeah, a mm-hmm. rotating blade going near the inside of your body yeah. Yeah. is cause for concern. Um, well, not if you use Manscaped because it works perfectly. It's smooth. It's, you know, I think it uh, it has enough power in those blades where it just like really buzzes it all clean. It's sharp, I guess. It, yeah. Everything that you want in something. <laughs> Probably. Well, yeah, I, I guess. I guess it's sharper. <laughs> Maybe those blades are dull but quick. Please. Talk like about me. having a foot in both camps. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to say it's not sharp? Come on. <laughs> no, those Just commit. T- <laughs> Just commit to saying that it's sharp. What's at stake? What's the risk here? <laughs> if anything, I'm going to say it better be fucking sharp. Yeah. I hope it's sharp. Ben had it nightmares is. of being on Media Watch <laughs> for saying that these blades are sharp when they get proven as being kind as of dull as they oh, okay. come. Yeah. <laughs> so the performance package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. It's waterproof and it uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system. And bullet points here says it's very sharp. Oh. So my fears are allayed. They're in the copy department. They're like, surely we don't need to emphasise that it's sharp. No one in their right mind would doubt the validity of yeah. that. We've written the word blade. <laughs> Do you think we need to put sharp near it? I, I don't know. I can see the track changes for this Google Doc and it says BV... Stupid? <laughs> Add comment about sharp. Blade's just a synonym for sharp, isn't it? Yeah. We don't Do we need, need to. to or should we point out that it's for cutting hair? <laughs> That's the point. 79% of partners admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. But don't just do it for your partners. Do it because uh, it makes you feel more comfortable. It makes yeah. you feel trim and terrific. Who's the, who's the 30%? That's who I'm well, more interested in. It was fewer. What was it? 71? 79. 79, 21, 21. 21%. That's still pretty high. Yeah, it's a lot. For partners out there that are like, love a bit of schnoz hair. Well, it doesn't doesn't specify that the 21% loved it. Yeah, (laughs) they just don't care either way. Yeah, Yeah. they're neutral. Um, uh, Oh, the bundle. So the performance package is a bundle that includes both the weed whacker and the lawnmower 3.0. So that is the ball trimmer. Balls, butt and body. 
Oh, I guess they do specify body because we've talked about how we wish we could use it on our face. Yeah. I guess mm. the face is a part face of the Face is body. a part of the butt. Um, <laughs> oh, here's a line I don't know if I read. It's time to turn that gooch into Gucci. Oh, that, now that I actually really love. Yeah, that's, that's fucking great. good. Uh, their copywriter deserves a raise. <laughs> they're, uh, they're quiet. <laughs> they're having fun. I re- I feel like they're just working around the clock. They're just in there yeah. just lo- having an absolute ball. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Anyone shit. can do it. Turn, 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 you turn it into Dolce and Gabanus. <laughs> See, I can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you get all that stuff with the with the package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get 20% off that package if you use your Manscaped thing to get 20% off nah. the package. Well, it doesn't take 20% off the act. It's not going to make your dick smaller. Yeah, true. Anything, we should make it bigger. That, yeah, visually <laughs> bigger by having less. Okay, right, you right, trim right. the hair back. Add twenty percent visually to your package. We yes. can't guarantee that either. Now we're on media watch. <laughs> <laughs> you get twenty percent off of the uh, the price of it, though, right? And free shipping. Yeah, and we can guarantee sharp blades. <laughs> that yep. is a stamp of guarantee. Media yes. watch is four Boom. hours this week as they dig into literally yeah. every sentence of this <laughs> so advertisement. Is this ad, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, manscaped.com Use the code FILTHY and get 20% off and free shipping. Please do it because we want you to have a nice shaved body, feel good about yourself, and support people who support us. Yep. It fits in just about everyone's pockets. Uh, is uh, a company called Netflix, one of the most ubiquitous, mm. you know, deliverers of content in the world, transformed the way we live our lives, honestly. Like, that's point number one. But point number two, the way that we consume shit. And they're jumping, they're throwing their huge brimmed hat into the ring of video games. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Kung Lao motherfuckers with their big ass hats. <laughs> yes. It, it's, big old Raiden bitches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have not given too much detail to my understanding, but... I yep. think it kind of came out as a leak and then Netflix confirmed it that they have started up like a video game division and they're going to be primarily, at least at the start, focusing on mobile games. Uh, and yes. it won't be like an extra tier to their service or whatever. It'll just be a thing that comes with your Netflix subscription as you get, you would assume, like tie-ins to Stranger Things and stuff like that. Which they've already yeah. done. They've they've they had have. that stuff done by other companies for sure, yeah. So yeah, uh, and, and none of them, to my knowledge, have been good. Yeah, this article here says they're wanting to do more sort of stuff like uh, that Black Mirror Bandersnatch thing, which came up as a uh, a question at a trivia night I went to the other the other night, and it made mm. me just incredibly angry remembering how much I fucking hated that experience. <laughs> God, it sucked. It really, really sucked. It really did. If that's their blueprint for what they want to do in terms of like, you know, they've called it games, but it really sounds more like you'd call it interactive storytelling. Then yeah, that's think, not, it's no. not a good sign. That is another term that I think they've used is basically interactive right. content, which is very vague. There was that multiplayer game of House of Cards that always caused fights when you were picking your character because everyone was like, let me be Frank. No, let me be Frank. <laughs> Let me be frank. <laughs> but other than that, I don't oh, know if boy. any of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then a year later they were like, let me be frank too. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the odd job of that game because he's able to re- he's yeah. always able to wiggle his way out. <laughs> uh, my friend was telling me about that Bandersnatch thing that she mm. had been on her boyfriend for ages for them to buy a new TV 
because uh, she was like, it's really small, it's really old, let's just get a new one. He was like, no, no, no. And then that Bandersnatch thing came out and their TV was too old to to play it. Like they couldn't do the 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 actual like interactive part of it. So that was the catalyst for them going and getting a new TV. Like he finally relented. It was like, all right, well, we're going to be left behind in the kinds of things that we can watch and they get at home. First thing they do is watch Bandersnatch and she's never heard the end of it. He's like... <laughs> Could have saved ourselves just $700 here. We bought this fucking new TV. Fuck. This experience like is a piece a, um, of shit. It's like buying a 3D TV in the two-year window where they were sold and had content produced for them. Yeah. yeah. You bought uh, Monsters vs. Aliens on 3D Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Crisis. I, I owned a 3D TV just because I, it was the time for me to get a new TV. And I played Crisis in 3D and I watched... Probably Avatar, and then oh, lost yeah. the glasses, and never watched anything on it again in 3D. But um, <laughs> so Netflix have poached someone for this. They've poached this guy, Mike Verdu from Oculus. Essentially, he was oh, yeah. the guy who was sort of um, curating and and scouting talent for their games library. So mm-hmm. they're taking it seriously. Um, it's and they've been open about this because I think the the follow up report was from an earnings you know presentation an earnings meeting recently where they were very sort of clinical about it and their approach for this is to keep people in the ecosystem you know it's not going to cost anything extra it might not be their best stuff but it's something new like adding stand up specials and adding yep. documentaries to keep people on Netflix they don't necessarily want to be getting more audience through it. They just want to keep people paying. Because their subscriptions have been dropping, right? I saw attached to this story. Like I think Netflix, I don't know if this was, this was the case like maybe three years ago that they were still in the red. Like they were just throwing so much money at producing stuff and it hadn't, it hadn't started to swing back up yet because they just do churn out so much new content. And now of course there's, you know, about a dozen different streaming services, so they're not the monopoly mm. that they once were. Like, well, and the quality of a, a lot of the stuff on Netflix has, in my opinion, been dropping steadily over time. And yeah. Yeah. that yep, aspect of it as well, where like, yes, they have been very proactive in going out there and uh, getting stuff made, and like, obviously, Netflix's thing is that they're not like necessarily a production company themselves they get production companies to make things for them kind of and that's the way that of course they'll be approaching the video game stuff even more so because it's not something Mm -hmm. that the people who already work there would really have experience in but the stuff that they've been going and getting for a while now hasn't been of the high quality that it kind of was towards the beginning of netflix or towards the beginning of the big rise of netflix i guess so that makes me wonder on top of everything else with, you know, them going like, oh, mobile focused and uh, we're, we're, we're maybe, I don't know, we may Bandersnatch, like on top of all that stuff, it also makes me think maybe their recruitment process is not what it was at some point or not recruitment, but you know what I mean? Getting content. Yep, yep. Yeah, their, their content, yeah, their content curation process. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't have optimistic expectations for this. I am interested in it though. It could, you know, they've managed to swing, you know, the the arrow of culture in the past globally. Mm. So maybe they'll be able to do it again. And I am curious to see how it pans out, which we'll we'll get to see in the next twelve months. This is a a very, you know, this is going to be happening soon. So yeah, yeah. you know what they say about video game development: the quicker, the better. So that's definitely <laughs> a good sign. Yeah, I don't know. It, it reminds me of um, 
Amazon and Google having their sort of video game divisions that don't really right. go anywhere and that no one seems to know what they're doing mm-hmm. because it's just a big company who does similar stuff going, this is a moneymaker, let's get over here. Yeah, right, totally. seen the articles yep. about what a uh, yeah what an in, what a industry it is, like how much money games can mm. make, mm. and thinking so like, I don't know. Get do ready that. for the Netflix CEO to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of being up in the air, Ooh, oh, George very Clooney, good. Yeah, the the speaking of Nintendo, right at the top of the episode, your your. Little dig at them, your little your little <laughs> fucking jibe at Nintendo that they yes. uh, no longer yes. give a shit about innovation. Well, they kind of remade Skyward Sword. So what do you have to say to that now? Nothing. I I'm going to leave the talking to you guys because I have not gone in. I'm not really that interested in playing it, but I am interested in hearing about it. Sure. Well, Tommy, you've played the most of it. I've played a little bit. Of this remaster, but I played uh, the whole thing back when it was bad on the Wii. Um, yep. This is your first time with it, though, right? No, I got it uh, when it came out on the Wii, but I I only ever played a couple of hours of it. I think I moved house, and then I also was just i th- I think I was I think I was liking it enough, but I remember finding the. I think the motion control was a bit touch and go, and so I've been playing it this this uh, this remake mostly in um, yeah pretty much exclusively in the motion control mode just to kind of you know I felt like for the purposes of reviewing it like you can play button controls but it it, it seems like that's kind of you know the way that you're meant to do. It's cool that the button controls are in there, but having played a little bit of it last night, it isn't. It's not as simple as just like you hit this button to use your sword. You use the right stick, which then means that you can't use you can't control the camera easily, and no, you sort of have is... to use the right stick in the way that you would use your hand. So you have to kind of say you want to like slash down diagonally to the left. You have to kind of slowly move the stick up to the right, up to the top right oh. to sort of move Link's hand, and then you have to kind of like flick it down to swing it in that yeah. direction. His hand is just oh. following whichever direction the the stick is pointed in, and it is very annoying that it it in the button only mode, which is what you can only do if you're playing it on a Switch Lite, which I have been uh, partially. It, you you hold down the L button to turn the right stick into camera movement, but that is so um, unnatural feeling that with the button controls, you just you go to move the camera and it feels like the stick is broken, and then you go, oh right, I have to hold this fucking button down. There's no option to swap yeah. that round. If you'd have been able to just swap that to the sword being when you hold L and the camera being the default, absolutely, that would have fixed it. Absolutely, that's what it should be by default, especially if you're mm. going back and forth between them. Like if you're doing what I did, which is sinking four hours into it in the you know in the motion control mode, you're you know you've got you've already built up like the kind of the muscle memory of just being used to using that right stick right. to adjust the camera and then you switch out and you're, yeah, you're, you're bringing your sword out when you just want to gently nudge the camera behind you because you couldn't do that at all in the original, right? Like you couldn't no because the Wii Remote didn't have a stick on it. So it was just It a was like camera. with Ocarina of Time where you just push the Z button to center the camera behind you. Same sort of deal as that. Right. Which that that was right. fine at the time. I never really had a problem with that, but just having the second stick and having that camera move movement available uh, it does make it feel a bit weird, but that 
is probably, I mean, it's a, a the only change that they've been kind of forced to do because of the way that the Switch is and the fact that the Switch Lite exists. They have to have a button option for you. But yep. it definitely yep. isn't the, the way that ideally you'd play this game because with the Joy-Cons taken out and using the motion controls, the controls are fine. And yep. that one change is probably the only negative change or the only difference that is not a market improvement in this remaster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I, I feel like the, just even the using the Joy-Cons, they're like, they feel a little bit more responsive. They, you know, there's still little bits where, it, you know, it's motion control. So every now and then it's not doing what you want it to do or you look down and you realise your hand is actually tilted at an angle when you thought it was, you know, all that kind of stuff that is just part yeah. and parcel of motion control. But the Joy-Cons being so kind of small and light and sort of sitting there playing it and feeling like you actually do have this, freedom of movement feels so much more immersive than how I remember it feeling on the Wii because you had the remote and then you had this nunchuck thing that was tethered to it with a kind of chunky little cable. It just all, I just remember it all feeling a little more kind of like yeah. clunky and heavy. And then this feels like really it, and it runs at a really nice 60 frames being able to like move that camera freely around with your, with your right hand with the joy con it just immediately, it felt so kind of, fluid and smooth and, and natural to me yeah i do think it's better than the wii version but if uh, i know a lot of people hated the motion controls in the wii version and if that was you which it wasn't me i, I don't really you know i get bothered by motion controls as much as some people do but i don't think these are better enough that they would fix that issue for you and i don't think the button controls are a good enough replacement that that would fix the issue for you so I do think that if yeah. that was your primary complaint about the Wii version, it hasn't necessarily been fixed completely here. It's a little bit better, but if yeah, if that was a big deal for you, it's still going to be a bit of a deal here. The stuff that has been massively improved over the original is the biggest one for me is the pacing. Yeah, of this game, like that Wii version. Was It came out at a time when Nintendo was like, let's see if literally everyone in the world will buy a Wii. And so they were making their games designed to be played by everyone to the enjoyment of no one. Like, it, it, it was yeah. a, a, a bad uh, attempt at finding a middle ground here with Skyward Sword in particular because every little fucking aspect of this game got explained in so much laborious, dull detail throughout the entirety of the game that it completely made the whole thing feel like a chore to me. Mm. At the time, I remember just dragging myself through this game because it was a Zelda game and I thought I must be crazy a, a little bit. But, you know, since then, it, it has become clear that it was most people's experience with that game that your sword, who's like the fairy equivalent, who gives you is meant to give you a bit of guidance. She would give you too much guidance to the point of just telling you how to solve every fucking puzzle you came across, which was infuriating. That is now optional. Yeah. She'll, you get like a little icon yeah. in the bottom corner so you can... She still she pops up for like story beats, but you pretty early on she's like, hey, if you ever want to hear from me, push this button, and then she'll hop out and she'll go... Oh, what do you what do you want to know? Do you want a bit of guidance? Do you want to know the objective? You can you can lock onto enemies and push that button, and she'll give you. She's like, here's how I think you should try and take this enemy out. Mm. Um, but yes, generally she is just 
from from pretty early on, she is in the background as an yeah as a complete option. Yeah, because the story in this one is a lot more um, in your face than a lot of Zelda games. It's it's a, a lot more of a primary focus of the game than most Zelda games have it. Yep. Um, it, it's not terrible, but it also you know it is it's okay. It's not a. It's not. Great. I I really like it. I think that's my favorite thing. I'm really liking about it, and why I'm kind of ultimately glad that they've given it another another go is that I think that the world and the art design and especially the music I'm really mm. really loving. It is it is a hard one to recommend if one of your you know if you loved uh, Breath of the Wild if you don't have much experience with Zelda outside of Breath of the Wild. It's it's very hard to recommend because it's it may as well be a different game series. Like it's it's right. such a different game outside of like a couple of little you know aesthetic things and uh, whatever else. But um, for being a very like a, a classic, very very linear Zelda game, I think that the um, yeah all the design of it is um, is great. Like I think the the point of difference of the start of this game, Link and Zelda being childhood friends and sort of going back and sort of doing this the closest thing that the Zelda series kind of has to an origin story. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying all that stuff. And it is mm. just very propulsive, like, oh, now she's gone here. you got to go to this area. Like, it's not it, – it does it does take a very, very long time to get into it, which is the other part where I think it most shows its age. It's, it's, it's close to three hours before you're really sort of actually playing the game. There's a lot but of least- stop starting in the first bit. With this one, when it does get you to the point where you're playing the game, you are actually playing it at least because yes. the remainder of the game in the original version was then still telling you what to do every single second of the fucking way. And that being right. removed from this, like, yes, there's a lot of story and it is the most linear Zelda game probably. It is very much go here, go here, go here, go here. They'll tell you in a story sense what to do next it's not an open world thing barely at all there's like a little bit up in the sky that you can kind of explore on your own but for the most part you are going from a to b um but that is a lot more enjoyable now that in between a and b you're not being told exactly how to get to a point five or whatever that stuff has been not taken out but made optional people like villagers or whatever will have a little speech bubble over their head instead of going like hey Cut! Come over here. I'm going to tell yeah. you what to do. Like, it, it's the, really the language is it, inappropriate it, in the Wii version. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really natural. Like it's kind of hard to you know remember slash imagine what it was like before. You know when all this stuff was in because it, it mm. you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like there's gaps or that it's missing anything. It just feels like oh, this is how it. Of course, this is how it should have been. Like it feels like that original version. They went in after the fact and were like, hey. Some of the fucking morons we've dragged in here to try out this game that they had no interest in playing. They can't figure out how to do this very simple thing. Do you want to give it yep. like a moron <laughs> mode and make it not optional at all? Like it, it feels like this was I the, mean, the yeah, original. You're right. Like the popularity of the, the Wii and, and Zelda has always been their kind of, in terms of difficulties, one of their top tier, um, one of their top level franchises, probably like the Donkey Kong platformers are are right alongside it in terms of like difficulty and kind of who they're aimed at metroid as well Mm, yeah and they this is one of the only ones where they they it came along late in the wii u and uh, sorry in the wii and they were just like yeah how do we this is a mascot this is one of our mascots 
probably a lot of people that own this console are going to buy this. Like, how do we how do we split the difference between now we've been for years encouraging grandmas and four year olds to own this console? How do we strike that balance? But you know, with the and Switch, that's not something that they need to worry about as much. No, and they didn't find it with the Wii version is the thing because with like the Mario games, they yeah. gave it those little like, hey, if you want to see a hint for this level, you can hit this box or whatever. They gave you optional yeah. stuff, yeah. but. With this one, it was just it to the detriment of the game's pacing the whole way through. It would tell you everything, but yeah, that has been fixed. So this feels like a Zelda game now, which is yeah. it's, a, it's a big improvement. It's a small or you know a, a, a simple change, but it has been applied to the entire game and stuff. Like it won't tell you what a rupee is every time you pick one up, and people were bothered by that in the first one. So, which again is. Crazy playing it, remembering that that was a thing in the original. <laughs> Every time you picked yep. up an item, even if you'd picked it up a hundred times before it came up with a description of like, yeah, we know by now that we're six hours in, we know that this is the in-game currency. Yep. Like you don't, you don't need to tell us that every time. It's the game baffling. Is a little repetitive, I'll say as well. Um, it, it They haven't fixed that sort of stuff. Like you'll be going to similar places and uh, repeating similar tasks throughout the game that's still it's still the same game but the yep. good stuff in there is a lot more enjoyable now that it has room to fucking breathe yeah and um, ben for for context when we were talking about the um the the uh the button controls using the right stick for the the combat um the re- yeah i mean they i i wish that they it'd be great to see a version of this where they just completely redo it and make it no motion control, only button control. But the right. reason that they it's not as simple as just going push B to swing your sword is that all the enemies have some kind of thing where they'll be blocking on one side and so you get into these combat encounters where you are actually having to use your arm to, yeah, fake them out. There's one enemy that will kind of like follow your hand. There's right, like a right. um, there's like a little um, I forget what they call little Venus flytrappy sort of thing that you have to like slice them on the right angle. Every every bit of combat has some sort of that the actual angle that you are slicing the sword at um, matters for the encounter. So it's you know there's there's really no way they could have just had it be a random button press and just a right. s- swinging of the sword without completely redoing the whole game. But the, all that stuff I'm finding really fun like it works well and it is really satisfying to be yeah on the couch drawing your sword out and then taking a huge swipe and wiping out a um you know a whole line of enemies with one strike it feels when it works it feels really really good yeah i think that the other thing that uh, they obviously couldn't change without redoing the whole thing is like the visuals are nice i think the art direction is really good and like you say the music is is fantastic and it runs really smoothly but it does look a little older in the way that a remaster of a ten-year-old Wii game would. Yep. You know. Yep. Just the they haven't like redone any of the assets. It's just like yeah, yeah. It's just it's just smoother and um. But I also think that the that kind of um that sort of style that they were going for. It's it's very like all the textures kind of look like watercolor paintings. Like it's a very sort of deliberate aesthetic that mm. they've gone for, which seems to be some effort to kind of future-proof it a little bit in the way that you know. Wind Waker for being the sort of shell cell shaded cartoony look kind of holds up a lot better now than a lot of games that were going for realistic look at the time. Um, so yeah, they are. Yeah, the textures are pretty flat, but they're also 
yeah, it it holds up probably better than some other stuff from the era. But you're right; they haven't done anything to you know they haven't they haven't redone any of the models or anything like that. But it does run. It, it used to run at thirty frames per second on the Wii, and now it's sixty, and it it all is pretty smooth and it's nice. Um, I yeah. think that the other. Uh, so this is like the this is the best version. This is the better version of this game, um, and it does make it a better game. It's not like one of the best Zelda games still, I don't think, but it isn't as uh, unpleasant as it was to play on the Wii at all. So it mm. is. It does feel a lot more like a you know approaching the quality of most Zelda games, but it's still on the lower end of those, in my opinion. It is also well. I was gonna say just to yeah, just to jump in. It seems like you were the only two people who didn't like this game. <laughs> because <laughs> when I've been researching, like I looked into it a bit before I decided on buying the remaster. This game is pretty widely liked. It when had, it like, came it, out. It has a, when it a came 93 out, yeah. on Metacritic. It's got That's 10s out of 10s bullshit. pretty much yeah. across the board. Those people are all wrong and it's not me. It like <laughs> definitely, <laughs> it's one of those things where the the general opinion on it over time has soured as well and from non-reviewer type people at the time as well yeah it wasn't as well received as all of those that that it's one of the games that is in retrospect like how did people give it these 90 fucking seven reviews and all of that stuff yeah the the ign Mm. one from from at the time in particular is incredibly hyperbolic and very funny to look up and read especially post Breath of the Wild coming out where he talks about, he's like, I never want to play a Zelda game that's not like this ever again. It's like, well, bad <laughs> yeah. luck, Buster. But, um, I, you know, yeah. yeah, I think it. I remember when it came out, it getting like tens across the board. And then, yeah, in the last couple of years before this got announced, like people kind of dunking on it and hating on it. And I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think either one is correct. I think the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like it's, I, you know, I like the Zelda series enough that even a lower tier one is still, for me personally, yes. a really good time and I am having a really good time with it. There's well, definitely better ones, but yeah, I'm glad they've given it this second go and rounded off some of the edges because it feels like it's, yeah, this is the version that was, you know, should have been what came out 10 years ago. That's the thing that I agree with on this is that like with the changes they've made, they've gotten rid of what those annoying parts of it that turned it from being like an okay Zelda game to really fucking annoying to play for me back at the time. So this does make it like, it's not a bad game anymore. It's not, it is a good game that is not as good as the best Zelda games, which are the best games that have ever been made. So whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, The other uh... thing I think it's worth mentioning about it is that like, I think it's a bit rich to kind of ask for full price, new game sort of prices for this thing. Um, it is a 10-year-old game with, like, the sorts of amount of changes that your Donkey Kong Tropical Country freezes and so on will have, like, the yep. the the fee stuff being gone or fi, whichever one it is, is equivalent to a funky mode. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, but it's having a said that, I, I never played Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze um, before I bought it on the Switch and have absolutely no regrets paying, paying full price for it. An incredible game. And if this is, um, yeah. I think it's I think like this 20 to 30 hours of- or so. So it's, yeah, it's fun and it's, a you know, decent length. But yeah. Yeah. It's a good Zelda game that it just, especially when recently they kind of put out those Mario collections in the one, under the one banner and that sort of mm. 
precedent has been set by them. It's just, it's not a big deal, but and it'll differ from person to person how much that matters to you. But just worth mentioning, I think. Yep. it is full price for a, you know, not a new game, but it is a fixed Probably version I of an think, old game uh, that is now the good good version. So you know. Yeah. Probably, I think the worst bit about it, it for me is um, that it is very guilty of something of the era where, so you know, the Wii comes out and you go motion controls. Well, okay, wouldn't it be cool if there was a Zelda game where you use the Wii remote like a sword? That's kind of how they promoted it, and they finally do it. Yeah. They get it to work, and they do it in a satisfying way where it's not just random. Like they brought out a an actual new version of the Wii remote that was more precise to be able to handle these kind of like technical, well, what they were saying, one-for-one hand movements so that you could have these encounters where you're, yeah, actually having to hit someone on the right side of their body and all that kind of stuff. So you go, great. But, of course, if you've got this technology, it's not enough to just do that. You've got to have motion control all throughout the game. So there's you fly on a bird, you use motion controls for that, which is like uh, a bit of a drag, but okay. You use it to aim your slingshot. Uh, okay, fine. Then there's also you use it to throw bombs, which is just like a little bit annoying. And then there's mm. this thing called dousing where you have these areas where you'll have to go like five, find five pieces of a key that are scattered around. And dousing is just like a radar that you have. So you go into a first person modem and you use the, you know, you use the motion control to kind of like aim around the screen and it'll like, you know, beep to sort of tell Hotter you where to colder. go. Yeah, right. it's just. It's it's got those couple of little motion control things in it that are just like one little step too far where it's like you have fun sword play in here. Like you don't really need to fuck around with like having me bust out the, you know, the pointer yeah. at the screen every like 5 seconds for all this like was, just random bullshit. Like with Mario Galaxy when like, you know, you're using it to point the thing around and collect all the little bits, you're like, "Okay, that's a fun little thing to do yep. with this control sure. Yep. I'll I'll shake it to spin around." And then you get to the level where it's like, now hold it like a joystick and control this ball. You're like, no, nah, oh, fuck yeah. off. Right. It doesn't work properly. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And so They made a big yeah, uh, that, point when they announced it. this of uh, 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 hey, of going, hey, sorry, we don't have any more of Breath of the Wild 2 to show you. But, um, you know, we do have, uh, we're, you know, we're re-releasing this. For those of you that never played it, this is the one right before it. And, you know, and it is interesting to, to play it with the view of, I think a lot of the criticisms that they got from this led to, you know, them completely wiping the slate clean for Breath of the Wild. But a big thing Mm. that they talked about when they announced this was, well, you loved the stamina gauge in Breath of the Wild. Well, guess what? (laughs) This is is where it started out. And the stamina gauge in this is just completely, completely inconsequential. You you don't upgrade it. With the climbing. But yeah. 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 So in Breath of the Wild, you, yeah, it's like it's, it, it, gates you but it it makes you work to upgrade it to be able to get to new areas this doesn't have any of that this doesn't you don't you can't change it in any way it's just basically to be able to prevent you from doing from getting into areas that you're not meant to be able to get into or whatever so it's funny that given how pointless this is it is in this that that's the thing that they chose to focus on in breath (laughs) of the wild and turn it into an actual like a core mechanic of the game it's funny to imagine the world where Instead of doing that, they focus on dousing <laughs> for Breath of the Wild. It's, it's, it's the same people who, like, the same guy, I forget his name, but he was sort of brought up to be, like, the sort of game director. Not Anuma, but the guy under him, basically. Right. This was the first one where he was in that role for. 
and then he made Breath of the Wild. So right. it's interesting watching this one have a bit more chance to shine where it's like, it's so different to Breath of the Wild in that it is this linear game, but a little bit more of that that personality at least is coming out in this one. And I'm just, I'm able to enjoy this game a lot more for the stuff they fix. So yeah. it is, if you want to play the, a, yeah, a linear Zelda game, this is the best way to play this one. The world of like being up in the sky and, you know, this whole kind of civilization up there that are like, what the fuck's going on under, underneath the clouds? Like apparently there's just like a big yeah. flat place down there is, is really cool. It's a, it's a neat idea. The characters are all good. I, yeah, I think the music is maybe some of the best in any Zelda game. And I, I still think from that little bit that we've seen of Breath of the Wild 2 that it, it really does seem like they are going back to some of these themes or revisiting some of the ideas from this world in that one. So, yeah, I'll, I think um, it's... Um, I'll tell you an interesting Breath of the... I mean, uh, Skyward Sword fact. It's been longer... So the time between Skyward Sword coming out and when we started this podcast, it's now been longer since we started this podcast to now. Does that make sense? No. Wait, yeah. what? The yeah. amount of time between, between Skyward Sword let- coming out and us doing the podcast. Yeah, starting this podcast because it's our three hundredth mm-hmm. episode. So I was thinking about this. Yes, it's now been yeah, yeah longer yeah. between when we started the podcast to now than the gap between when Skyward Sword came out and when we started doing the podcast in 2015. Ah, wow. Yeah. I was thinking about when Breath of the Wild came out, which is, you know, and like 2011 being like, oh, wow, that's such a long time ago. Yeah, Breath of the Wild is five years ago now? Mm. Four and a bit. 2017. So, yeah, four four and a bit. Oh, yes, that's... No, no, the Switch was 2016. March 2017. Really? Yeah, man. I'll bet you $100 million. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should take the bet, Ben. Okay. (laughs) Great. I I think you are right. I think I'm thinking of um, one of the other milestones of our podcast when No Man's Sky came out. (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, But, um, yeah. Yeah. It's It's a better game now and it's a decent game. And, uh, why not play it if you feel like it? Yeah, if you if you want a classic Zelda, and uh, you could handle the motion controls, I reckon give it a go. If you do want to play a classic Zelda and you do not have any interest in motion controls, maybe you could try something that I will give a more in depth review of next week when I've played a bit Ooh. more of it. Death's Door on the Xbox and Steam. Yeah, this... no, I've seen a bunch of bloody cunts rabbiting on about this game. <laughs> I'd never heard of it until two days ago when yeah. you put it in our chat. <laughs> Yeah, that Andrew Levin recommended you, it to not, me. You not talking much during the Skyward Sword chat and then for you to come <laughs> steaming back in with, yeah, I heard some cunts having a fucking chin wag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I looked at a bunch of screenshots. I'm um, going to read a review of it, but it looks fun. It looks cool. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of the stuff I read about it was saying this has got that classic top-down uh, 2D... Uh, Zelda dungeon kind of feel puzzles, but with a bit more, um, you know, intricate combat. Uh, and so yeah, I was I was sold and played it for a, played it for a little bit last night and this morning. And uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it more next week. But uh, I thought it was mm. kind of an interesting one to tack on here because it's got yeah, it's it's got that it's got that classic Zelda feel in a way that they don't seem to 
want to make those kinds of Zelda games anymore. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they will as like a little offshoot thing down the track. But um, for now, this is if you if you want that specifically like Link to the Past kind of feeling game, this is your this is your best bet. Hmm. Um, yeah, I might try and go in on that as well. Yeah, maybe I will as well. I've been playing a mobile game that I'm really enjoying called Two Dots, and it's sort of um, just a grid of dots, and you connect the coloured ones together just by swiping. It has a bit of the sort of Candy Crush bejeweled feel of like a big overworld map. Uh, If you run out of lives, you've got to wait for them to replenish over time. But as a simplistic puzzle game that gets more complex as it goes, starts getting different colours in, different mechanics... Um, it's like my go-to game while I'm like sitting on the couch watching TV. Two dots. Ben, really, really go-to fun. game. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the Skyward Sword to uh, Candy Crush. It's an origin story. Mm. You know, they all just start out as dots. Mm. You know, before yep. you have jewels <laughs> yep. or any of that other shit, at the end of the day, they're all just dots. To- oh. We're all just dots, man. Oh, We're all just brother. star dots. Dude, aren't we? <laughs> Damn, we've changed a lot in these last 300 episodes. We've really grown. Yeah. Them, oh, man. yeah. So now, obviously, 300th episode, let's all name our 300 favorite games of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah. We shouldn't have talked for so, so long about the Steam Deck. <laughs> all right. Well, boys, it's a weekday in lockdown, and it's 4.30 in the afternoon, so that means I'm hitting the bottle shop. Let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Uh, thank you for everyone who has been listening for 300 episodes, by the way, yeah. and to anyone who's been listening uh, for less time than that. It's very much appreciated. It's the reason that we're able to keep doing it. You know, if there was no one listening, we'd just be having chats over Discord without recording them. Yeah. But it's super, super fun. It's been a great community to to develop and flourish and be a part of um so many lovely people so many nice things have been said love the live shows love seeing people in person would like to do those again (laughs) that'd be good yeah well that's um, a plan we have one on sale uh for october 7 if you um if you're feeling bold if you're feeling bold about this country's vaccine rollout then uh buy a ticket to our pax eve show in october yeah i mean even if you're not if if it doesn't go ahead, I'm sure they'll you know they'll deal with it. So it's yeah. fine. Yes, it's safe true. to get That's them. That's very true. If it's you do like want to come, savings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good investment. Uh, it would be a good investment for our stress levels because uh, it's I think the biggest room we've ever done, except for the pack show. Um, which would be even better if it was full. It'd be such a sick show to have yeah. it absolutely packed, and it'd be more yeah. fun for everyone. So yeah, do book tickets. It'll be refunded if um. If things get fucked up, filthycasuals.com.au. Uh, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. Tickets are there. Um, as with everything else that we do, the YouTube stuff, our Patreon, which is a super, super fun show as well. Uh, the Bandcamp stuff, we've got a big library of those premium episodes now, and they're all yep. really fun. We get to sort of buckle down and do some prep and expand on some big franchises and concepts and things. We will have a new one of them soon as well. We were hoping to have it by now, but a lockdown happens, yeah, so we're yeah. waiting until we can do it in real life. Yeah, totally. totally. We also have we, we have one about the history of the Zelda games, don't we? So yep. it was one of the yep. earlier ones we did. So if you yeah, yep. if you want to hear more of us talking about those games, then uh, go and grab that. But we did uh, recently. We did Metal Gear. We did Final mm. Fantasy. We did what other ones have we did? We've done a bunch. We got Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Resident Evil. That's Rare. right. Yep, yep, yep. Rareware, Flash games, DOS games, Sonic the Hedgehog, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yep. yep. Probably a ton of others. We did Mario. Um, 
the filthy fe- the filthy casuals film festival. That's where right. If, if we were programming uh, a series of games to replace films, um, right. that was really fun. Ten games to play in lockdown, uh, which is the one that is free. Um, but you can donate if you want to. And like we said at the start of the show, we're in lockdown again. Bunch of um, Knox and Tommy's gigs have been cancelled. Uh, oh, we yeah. Use the money. <laughs> we could genuinely use the money. So if you want to, um, yeah, sling some cash our way without jumping on the Patreon, without that commitment, filthycasualspod.bandcamp.com is where all of these fun extra episodes are. And we would greatly appreciate if you could chuck in a couple of shekels. And hey, 300 more episodes to come on the regular feed. That's my promise. Yes. My unbreakable more. pledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, thank you to Ben and Adam for being my friends. And <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> as we, and you're welcome. <laughs> as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals. Uh, Steam Deck, I'll have mine poached, thanks. Oh. It's the Steam Deck. You get it? You f- yeah, mm-hmm. you get it. Yes, yes. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.